0: Welcome to the New Wave Entrepreneur, where we dive headfirst into Web 3.0, personal sovereignty, spirituality, and psychology. These conversations are unfiltered access to brilliant minds and actionable advice that will repair you for the rapidly changing world. So jump in. The water is warm and the tide is rising. Ah, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the New Wave Podcast. Daniel DiPiazza checking in with you here. It is Mindset Monday. We're actually streaming this live on IG just because I thought it would be fun. Why not? Maybe we'll start doing these Mindset Mondays live. Uh, Welcome back to the show. As you know, we're doing daily episodes now. And the interesting thing about that is... I haven't run out of content yet can you believe it we're going on month two of daily episodes and we have a full calendar packed out for you including this week which has some really incredible guests both new and some throwbacks that i want to share with you now uh if you're listening to this right now i'm assuming you're listening on your phone make sure you are subscribing on whatever channel you're listening to this on whether that's spotify itunes stitcher run audible now overcast all that so make sure you're tapping in with us there that you know when we're dropping new episodes because every week we're dropping new ones and you're going to want to get the ones that are cool for you some people like the meditations some people like the interviews some people like the news that i do on every friday so there's lots of stuff to pick from and uh, while you're at it, make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com. That is where we are putting all the brand new content that I'm post- posting up into, including all the archive of the shows as we're dropping episodes, new workshops I'm hosting, new wave dinner experiences. We're going to be doing some merch soon. Uh, we also have the new wave discord, which is just our community in real time. So make sure you check out newwaveentrepreneur.com. We're actually building out the site. We're rebuilding the site right now and um, and yeah, so so check it out and today's uh, Mindset Monday is based on uh, it's based on an essay that I wrote I think two or three years ago, and the whole idea of this is the changing face of education. A lot of us have um, have spent time in uh, you know the American school system, and the American school system is designed to create a very specific type of student and oftentimes the student that the American school system creates is not the It's not the free-thinking, creative, um, innovative type of person that you'd want to be. And we have to look at our school system and think, okay, if the millennials, us, the ones mostly listening to this episode, are going to be the ones that are going to change uh, society for the better, we're the ones that are now taking uh, the power in society, we're we're the ones that are now taking uh, the authority, really, we're we're stepping up into most of the leadership positions, if we're going to be the ones stepping up into this position, uh, what changes do we want to make for our children for the future of our society and it starts with school i think Um, the world might be going through a lot of crazy stuff but one thing that hasn't changed is that there is a strong need for education education is both a sword and a shield and so um, here are some of my ideas for the future of education what i would recommend is that you um you, you mold these over in your own mind and you start to think in your own mind uh where some elements of education are that are there lacking in your children's current spectrum. And that could be something that you address at home or something that you address at the school level, or even in your own educational spectrum throughout the years, you've gone, maybe you've gone, you know, you've gone through at least elementary, middle school and high school, most likely if you're listening to this, but, but even out to college. And, uh, and after that, you know, I'm sure there are some gaps in your area of, uh, or in your areas of knowledge that could use some further education. So here are some ideas. These are called nine ideas, or this essay is called nine ideas for the future of education. What's most obvious to me about education today is that we're still operating on the industrial era model, which is meant to provide more factory workers than free thinking models of an advanced society. Kids are measured against averages and molded into workers in one of a handful of fields stratified by income brackets, and this model produces bored and boring people. Now, I think children should get much more choice on, and autonomy in their studies from an early age. Most curriculums are now so focused on being balanced that students have to sift or sit through years of dreadfully boring material, and this kills the will to learn in many bright people. Curriculums of the future should be designed to help students identify what sparks their curiosity and go as deep as possible in the areas of life that fascinate them. Academia is designed to funnel people into the workforce. And personally, I believe that the future of work is entrepreneurship. Every year, millions of people are quitting their nine to five jobs to start businesses. And I don't see this trend slowing anytime soon, especially as we've seen now with the pandemic, Uh, there has been almost a race to quit employers that that people don't enjoy working for. There's a race. There's a great exodus. Um, So this is important. Education of the future should be focused on getting students ready for the world of the future. We are an evolving species with changing needs. So here are nine suggestions off the top of my head for making the education of the future better than the education of the present. Okay? Suggestion number one. Education should go minimalist on traditional subjects. You know, we spend over a decade building a foundation of knowledge in subjects that don't have much practical use in our life. For instance, we spend so much time doing geometry, trigonometry, so much time doing calculus in school. And it's not that these concepts don't have innate value. And I would even argue with with, um, students who say that this stuff is useless because I do think there's an element of using your brain for specific mathematical or um, or administrative or executional tasks which trains your brain to work in a specific way. So there's no problem with doing math. I think it's important. However, we have to all acknowledge that we spend so much time on subjects that aren't really going to benefit us long-term. And we only have a finite amount of time in the world. You know, this is, is a fact. We only have so much time. and that time should be given back to the students and filled with relevant material. You know, we're already taking the time, these decades, to educate our our students. Why shouldn't it be on things that are gonna be more relevant for their lives? And we know, too, that many of the things that we're learning in the public school system are outdated, meaning that they're either outdated when we're learning them, or they're outdated by the time that we get out and actually use them in our field, because technology, because Web3 is here, because crypto is here, because, because, you know, computer chips are getting smaller and faster every year, because of all these reasons. Uh, the public school system is moving so slow that we can't afford to waste any time on things that are already clearly behind. You know, so that's what I would I would recommend. Uh, number two, coding, web development, and programming should be prioritized. Now, note I wrote this in 2019, I believe, and I wasn't even as heavily involved with Web three at that point. I'd still made some videos on crypto and stuff like that, but I wasn't deep into it. And now I stand by this even more. These subjects. I'm like, i daffy ducking here. These subjects, these subjects should replace much of the traditional academic foundation. It's the most important area of human knowledge right now as these areas are powering nearly everything else. Now, that might even be a little bit of an overstatement. I think there's a lot of value in all of the different sciences, but I wouldn't, but I wouldn't argue with the fact that it's certainly the most developing area of human knowledge. Coding, web development, um, smart contract development, all these things are so important and I think that to a certain extent, if we're looking to make sure that we don't get overrun or outpaced by AI, the main way to, the main way to do that is to make sure that we actually know how to control and uh, <laughs> and program the the uh, the robots themselves, which is all about which is basically all what development is for. That's the purpose of it. So that's the second thing. Now, number three, this is my third suggestion for the future of education, foreign language is a must, especially for lazy Americans. The world talks to itself now. We are a global society, okay? We're a global society, which means that we can't stay inside of our little box. And Americans especially are very lazy when it comes to learning other languages. If you can't speak more than one language, you know, are you really even a global citizen anymore? That's something I would have you consider. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a polyglot, but I have a decent command of Spanish. Uh, I have a decent command of even Greek, although I'm slipping on it. And I do, I do see the value in it for sure, for sure. I don't look look at any language, even English, as a universal language. And if you've traveled enough, you'll realize that English is not like it's like a blank. It's not like a blank check you can just take anywhere. You might need to know another language. And, you know, it's quite useful. So that's my next thing. Okay, number four on my nine suggestions for the future of education. Entrepreneurship should be a first focus in school. Students should be taught to understand how business works, not just how to work for one. And this gives them the tools to be self-sufficient. I didn't even know that owning a business was a real option until I got older, you know, until I got out of school. They don't really teach entrepreneurship in school, the most they'll teach is business, but business and entrepreneurship are different. Business is usually working for someone else's business. When you when you have an MBA, typically you work for someone else's business. You don't found a business. okay? You are an, ex- an executive in someone else's business. I think entrepreneurship should be a focus. And what's the difference? Entrepreneurship is going out there and getting it for yourself. It's seeing a problem in the market, solving a problem with a product or a service, running the business, hiring people. It's the whole thing. And obviously it comes in stages. But uh, I think it should be a first focus in in school. It, it's self-sufficiency, especially in a world where common nine to five jobs are not paying as well and when they're not as stable as they used to be. Okay, Number five, what's the fifth um, what is the fifth thing that I suggest the future of entre- or the future, the future of education should take very seriously? And I think that's personal finance. Personal finance, education is so critical and so undervalued in our school system. And students should be taught to understand um, basically how money works from a very early age and how to make it work for you. I think that there is a large underclass of people who, I mean, I guess myself included, really, if you even look at the middle class, anything, basically anything middle class down is is an underclass in current Western society because the way that money operates in The top percentiles and the way that money operates in the bottom or in the majority is not the same. The way that money is created, the way that loans are distributed, the way that credit works, the way that that the money system works is different for different stratifications of society. And in order for you to move from one strata to the next, a very important element of that is just understanding personal finance, understanding the credit system, understanding how to not just save, but how to invest understanding uh, basic personal finance terms, understanding how to, uh, how to use other people's money to create uh, revenue to, or, or to, to use its capital for projects. There's all these different ways of using money that, that goes beyond just like a penny saved is a penny earned. You know? And I think most of us have these antiquated mindsets around money similar to how our educational system is already pretty antiquated. And we don't upgrade these mentalities as, we, as our families grow and as our as our generations evolve so you'll have a middle class family that will stay middle class or even go you know or, or even fall down the economic ladder as inflation you know evolves and so the most important thing is that your skill set with money is constantly evolving and that you're educating yourself so for me that means starting off with understanding personal finance, and then once I feel like I have a basic grip on understanding how to manage my own personal money and how to manage money in a the business, then it's like I want us to understand economics. I want to understand uh, macro trends and micro trends. I want, to understand, uh, I want to understand how money moves around the world, but it starts at home. It starts with personal finance. So I think that's really important for students. I think that most students don't get any personal finance education until college, really, until high school. And... If they're not getting it at home, and most people aren't getting it at home. So that's really important. Okay, number six. What do I believe the future of education should hold for our students? The sixth thing I believe it should hold is emotional management training and other life skills. You know, a lot of kids probably need therapy and they're not getting it. And this should be part of school. How many things happened in your childhood that you probably haven't worked through that could have used some direct therapeutic intervention at the time and that would have really helped your emotional well-being and your mental health later in life. I can think of several things in my life. I can think of several things in lives of people in my family. I mean, there's just so much shit that goes on in our early lives and we don't get attention for it. So I think that either comes down to, it comes down to two things. One, I think that the part of the educational system in America should involve emotional training. Um, I guess it would be... Uh, Empathy, empathy training, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, EQ in addition to IQ because we focus so much on IQ. And this will help us to identify at a young age the things that are, uh, are bothering us. It will, be, will help us to be more open in our communication, help us to not feel scared or, um, or ashamed to talk about the things that are going on with us. And there probably should be some access to therapy uh, even at a young age for kids, although there was always going to be some sort of debate in parents and public schools and, you know, all this different, these different, these, these hurdles. But, you know, in an in a ideal situation, I would love to see um, training in emotional ma- management, emotional resilience, um, you know, emotional processing, EQ, and a therapeutic approach to dealing with one's emotions at an early age. I think it would be highly valuable. And uh, if you're not getting it in school, you certainly need to be getting it at the home. Okay, number seven, I believe that all students of the future should have a a strong educational background from the very beginning in the human body basics and nutritional guidance, you know, and I believe that first of all, the sex talk has to happen earlier. Uh, I I think that we, I can can remember only a few times in public school where we had a sex talk, and it was very, very... um, It was very cursory i think that america in general is very prude about sex and i think that what it does is it it um just like with alcohol it turns it into a taboo that makes it something that people want to abuse later when you combine that with just the prevalence of porn you combine that with the prevalence of just a lot of the just even just watching tv is super over hyper sexualized i think that if we had conversations around sex that were Uh, not shame-based from an earlier age that it would be mentally healthier and more healthy for the society Uh, and we'd also just be more aware of our bodies and i think also that nutritional guidance and just physical fitness in terms of understanding our body not just the outside but the inside is so important and most of us don't have any nutritional or bodily awareness until there's a problem with what we're eating or how we're feeling. And if we're trained with this from a young age, just like with money, the value of the education will compound. So for instance, I know that I have been pretty, I guess, aware and um, continuously working on nutritional and fitness things for about 15 years. And that value to me has been a compounding effect. I can also see that uh, kids who start off and have healthy You know, diets growing up as kids usually tend to carry those habits into adulthood. Whereas if a kid is eating pretty poorly as a youth, like anywhere from zero to young teens or teens, it's going to be harder to reverse that trend when they get older. So it's better to start with nutritional guidance early. So understanding the human body, understanding human sexuality, understanding, I mean, even just understanding your organs. Like most people don't even, they couldn't even point to their pancreas or their kidney or, you know, where certain things in their uh, their body are. And I think that's just, it's kind of weird that we walk around with these meat suits and don't know how they operate. So, highly, highly important. And teach kids to stop eating so much. Holy crap, we eat so much, especially in this country. Okay. Number eight well, this needs to be included in all educational systems of the future. And I believe meditation and brain training are so important. Students should begin meditating at five years old. I think, and I've seen kids that meditate at five, six young kids. Learning to still the mind is so important, and especially with all the electronics we're hooked up to, with the fact that we're always on the online now, social media, Bluetooth—you know, constantly connected. Being able to tune into only your voice is so important in a world where everyone else's voice also has a shot at infiltrating your mind. And so, it's so important to be able to meditate and focus. We're never going to be in a world again without connection to this you know, to the metaverse, essentially. So we have to be able to at least operate on our own frequency, learn how to tune out distractions, focus. It's good for your mental health. It calms you down. It's, uh, it's good for your emotional regulation. Teaching kids to do this early, uh, it'll just be part, part of their personality, part of their lives. And they'll see the value in it early. It'll become just like brushing your teeth or just like taking a shower. It's part of your hygiene. We need to teach it as hygiene. Teach meditation as hygiene. That's what it is. And the last thing, number nine, I believe that... Jiu-jitsu should be taught in schools. That's right. I saved it for number nine. And tomorrow on the episode or on the podcast, we have on Gracie, who's uh, the third generation of the Gracie family that founded this incredible art. But I believe that this is not only a natural confidence booster and a natural uh, physical fitness, but it's also a spiritual quest to becoming your best self and learning about yourself through the art of engaging with others in a way that most of us uh, avoid actively having any type of like, confrontational uh, element of our lives or we avoid physical contact with people a lot of times unless it's like unless it's either unless it's an extreme situation so like we don't really have physical contact with people unless we're in an extremely violent situation or unless it's a sexual situation but learning how to uh, just have physical touch with others in a non-sexual way that also isn't in a life-threatening way but teaches you skills to escape violence and also teaches you how to uh, understand body mechanics and become more aware of your, uh, your your place in space is so valuable and something that we just don't have in any other uh, sense of the word. I have become so much more aware of my body because of jujitsu because you have to become not just yourself on the map, but you have to become the other person as well to understand where they're going so that you can move with them. It's, just, it's like water and so you become the whole organism. Um, and so, and there's even, there's even terms for it, you know, like if you think about the Japanese uh terms for the stances, a lot of times when you think about boxing, for instance, you'll think about is someone, uh you know, right-handed or are they southpaw? And that just indicates which hand they punch with. But in jujitsu, you have, for instance, terminology that describes not just how someone's standing, but how they're standing in relation to someone else. So you'll have something like, an ayatsu stance. An ayatsu is when you have two people who are standing with the same foot forward facing each other. And this is going to dictate a certain type of way that you would approach them, a certain type of throw, right? But then you have um, kenkayatsu, which is opposite stances. And each person has uh, a different foot forward facing each other. And this creates a totally different pattern on the ground. And it's not just about how you're standing, but how you're standing in relationship to the other and so everything is in relation to another and when you zoom out on, on that that really is the art of uh zen you know or, or or the one of the main insights of zen is just like relationship and you think about uh, meditation and you think about the relationship between something and nothing you think about psychedelics you think about the relationship between one frequency and the next and really everything is about relationship and i know it's we're zooming all the way out there and we're, t- we're talking about what students should be learning but jujitsu really teaches you about relationship to yourself and others in a, in a very visceral way. And I think it's so important. So that's why it should be taught in school. And uh, those are my nine tips. So I hope that at one point I have the opportunity to, uh, to imbue all of these things in my children. I hope that you can take some of these and add to your own repertoire or to that of your family. And that's really all I have for you today. The nine suggestions off the top of my head for making education of the future better than the education of the present. I hope you enjoyed those suggestions. We have a lot more coming up for you this week, including three incredible interviews. Uh, We have Friday recap for you. This week, actually, I'm going to be in LA at the New Wave Dinner Experience. We rented out a 21-acre mansion in the mountains of Simi Valley. We have 10 people out there who are going to uh, be having a wonderful dinner party with myself and and uh, and other incredible entrepreneurs and creatives. We're going to bring out some musical guests. I got some New Wave merch coming for them. We're going to relax. We're going to actually record some live podcasts out there as well. So it's going to be just an experience of of masterminding, helping each other with our businesses, uh, having some great food, and also relaxing. So that's what's on store for us this week. And we're going to have more of those dinner experiences as the year progresses. Um, So make sure that you stay tapped into not only the podcast, but also the website, newwaveentrepreneur.com. You can sign up for our email list as well. So you can stay in touch with everything that we're going on what's going on with us and, uh, and come check in with us on one of our events. Okay, that's it, guys. The water is warm. The tide is rising. Much love to all my people watching me on IG Live right now. Let's jump on in and get ready to surf this new wave. Daniel, out.